thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hey, everybody. Yes, I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. Wait. Oh, gotta mute this. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a good day. I am your sweet and lovable host, depending on who you ask. <laughs> anyway, we have a lot to cover today on the show. I'm going to read you some headlines really quick. First of all, there's a headline over on the Christian Post titled, I've lost two kids to the trans cult. I want them back. An anguished mom shares her journey. Also, Celebrities are calling for a ban on boiling lobsters. Why? Because they feel pain. But they think aborting babies is fine. More than 12,000 Boy Scout members were victims of sexual abuse, experts say. And authorities are going to arrest a Canadian father if he refers to his trans child as her real sex. Yep. And... In a major shocking news, drug drag performance held at a church in Durham to protest the UMC leadership. Yes, people. This is what we're going to talk about today on Bible News Radio. So do me a favor, share this out to your friends, your family, and even your enemies. That would be awesome. (laughs) And we're also going to talk some other stuff, too. Because today is a day of news. Tomorrow, we're going to be launching our, our brand new Institute of Wednesday Bible study. We're going to be in the book of 1 Peter. So your homework assignment, should you choose to accept it, is to read the whole book of 1 Peter today so that you can be prepared for our Bible study tomorrow on Wednesday. All right? Sound good? All right, people. Glad you're here. Yeah, I am. I love this music. Hello, people. Triadic. Tammy. Melanie. Mayor. Joel. Hey, Joel, you're here. You haven't seen you in a while. Jordanus. Rob. Kyle. Pajama Paradise. If you're watching over on YouTube, I can say hello to you if I see you. Don't know if you're there or not, but I'll look. And of course, don't forget, we also have a Twitch audience. Yes, we do. We have a Twitch audience. And also, we have a podcast audience. Okay, Sean is over there, over on YouTube. Nice to see you. Glad you're there. Dr. Jennifer Fee. Yes, that's another thing I have an announcement about. Dr. Jennifer Fee (laughs) is here as well. So we have a lot going on have a lot of you in the house, so thank you very much. Appreciate you being here. I could take that out of my head now. Um, so, we have a lot to talk about. And I, oops, I got a, 
say hi to you all. Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate the fact that you guys take the time to spend your day with, with Randall and I. You know what? Hey, I've been doing this show for 15 years starting tomorrow. Okay? May. May, 15 years ago. Wait, what was that? 2015, 15 years ago? No, wait. What is this? 2019 minus 15. 2014. Was it 2014? Well, anyway, it's been 15 years since I started this show. <laughs> I'm not really good in math, but I did pass graduate level statistics, which was a miracle. Uh, how? I don't know. But I was actually, um, I was at the, the gym yesterday. <laughs> and um, there was a guy that was wearing a t-shirt. I don't even think I told Randall this, but he's big, buffy, you know, man. Rah, rah. Anyway, on his t-shirt, it said, it said, I didn't even use, and then it had a blank today. And then in the blank, it had written in there, algebra. And I busted up laughing, because he said, hey, I didn't even use algebra today. So I went up to him, I said, are you sure you didn't use algebra today? Are you? He looked at me, he said, as far as I know, I didn't. I said, are you sure? Are you sure that maybe subconsciously, you know, as you were driving down the thing that you were, you were like going, you were secretly using algebra, but you just didn't know you were using algebra. He's like, nope. <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't, I know. I probably didn't either, but it's one of those annoying things that you have to learn in school in order to get like the higher led, led the higher education level certificates of, you know, greatness that we all get, like our degrees, you know. <clears throat> That make us feel super smart and important. All right, so there's that. And then I was waiting for bareface. I am pausing for dramatic effect. You learned that in drama class. What, At least I what? heard. I don't know. I've never been to drama class. Oops. Would you believe? Here's a fun fact. I number one. Should I move over? No, I'm going to move you over. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stop moving so I, I can okay. position you. I, 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 number one, never, I have never been in a drama class. Do you know that? Never. I took speech when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, I did. I was super good at it, too. I stood up there behind the lectern. And I was like, hello, people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I didn't say that, actually. <laughs> didn't say hello, people. Nope. Hey, hey, Bareface. Hi. How are you doing? You doing good? I'm doing well. Yeah? I try to do good. I be well, and I try to do good. Yeah. Hey, that's my husband. Don't be making fun of him, or I'll give you a knuckle sandwich, mister. Somebody making fun of me? No, he said, bro, look at that guy. Look at this guy with three laughing emojis. Hey, don't be laughing at my husband. That's only what I can do. Yeah. I mean, so I have a face for radio. Deal with it. It's yeah. his Bible News Radio, yeah. after all. Okay. All right. So yesterday, I posed a question on my personal Facebook page that I got to share with you. And then we're going to start with this story. And then we're going to get to the more serious ones. Um, because <clears throat> I saw this article and I thought, you know what? This will be a good show topic. Okay, so the question is, do you think boiling a living lobster is a nice thing to do? 
And and you know what brought this on? Actually, what brought it on was I was watching a friend of mine on Instagram who had this huge gathering at his house and he was cooking lobster and he had these he had these big huge buckets of boiling water already there and then he had these lobsters they had their claws all tied up and anyway he was he was telling all of his you know people hey just come pick your lobster and drop it into the boiling water and i'm telling you when i was watching the instagram story i saw the little dark beady eyes of these lobsters as they were getting ready to be dropped into the boiling water and i thought to myself this isn't going to be good for them it's not and and i felt their visceral pain I felt their horror as they were being dropped. I mean, can you imagine the hope they must have had? Here I am, you know, minding my own business. Somebody catches me. Then they tie my feet up. I don't have any claws. And the next thing you know, uh, the poor little things are being boiled to death and all that. And then a friend of mine had this question. They posted this article, and there was this outrage about it. And the article actually is is titled celebrities call for a ban on boiling lobsters because they feel pain but aborting babies is fine and i thought you got to be kidding me right and then of course there's a picture of this big red lobster now here's the thing truth and disclosure i've tried lobster i don't like it Ugh. Ugh. i always taste like ligament joint muscle stuff and i'm like this stuff is gross everybody i you know people who like lobster they've said oh it tastes great with butter it's nice and tender and stuff i'm like i don't know where you guys are eating your lobster but i personally have never eaten a good lobster and i pretty much don't eat any fish because they blech, they stink first of all how many and times have you eaten lobster two two that and I where know was of. that one of them was that red lobster i think you don't know? I don't remember, but it was a horror, horrifying experience. And the other one was like school cafeteria I or Golden Corral? It's or... been such a long time, but... I do... It wasn't prepared well, wherever it was. That's what I was told. I was told that, but you know what? I just... You know, the lobster, according to God's word, is... Unclean. The, is unclean. And it's the garbage disposal of the sea. Why Not would you, according to God's word. Why would you? Why would you want? We know that that's true. Why would you? Why would you want to eat it? Plus, I'm Jewish. It's culture. I can't eat it because I'm Jewish. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This much. <laughs> hey, I have my big biblical convictions to 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 stand by. You're probably less Jewish than I am. Probably because you have a bigger nose than me and that's you know but i got more fluffy hair than you do okay. yeah i do but if you grew your hair out you'd be like super hot and sexy like that mm. yeah anyway so here's what the article it says it says in a twist of tragic irony several british celebrities are supporting a new effort to protect lobsters from a painful death while unborn baby humans suffer excruciating abortion deaths in england and america daily the humane treatment of animals is important. <laughs> I'm sorry, a lobster does not qualify as an animal in my opinion. It is a sea creature which doesn't qualify as an animal in my opinion. I guess you didn't take biology in high school and you know the kingdom 
phylum data okay. or no. kingdom, kingdom. Anyway, the you know the taxonomy of animals. Not taxidermy, taxonomy. Taxonomy. What? Yeah. Really. Anyway, both humans and um, and lobsters belong to the kingdom Animalia. So, just so you know, just thought I'd share that with you. That one was for free. Gotcha. So definitely animal. <clears throat> okay, he's a he's an animal. All right. So the humane treatment of animals is important, but many celebrities ignore how pain-capable human babies also are being brutally killed in abortions. The Daily Mail reports British comedian Bill Bailey and wildlife presenter Chris Packham put their support behind an effort to prohibit lobsters from being boiled and dismembered alive in the UK. They joined the organization. <laughs> when I read this, I started to laugh. It's called Crustacean Compassion. Did I say it right? Yeah, crustacean. Crustacean compassion. Try saying that ten this times. This isn't the onion, is it? Now it's like... In sending a letter to British Environment Secretary Michael Gove, urging him to include lobsters as sentient creatures in a new animal welfare bill, according to the report. Here's more from the report. The letter says, Decapods, the group of crustaceans, including lobsters and crabs, are crammed together in brightly lit tanks within restaurants. It states, There is no economic or culinary reason why decapods cannot be humanely dispatched, yet killing is sometimes preceded by breaking off the legs, head, or tail, and is often accomplished by boiling alive. The groups claimed lobsters and other animals are subjected to extreme treatments, in the food industry, including dismemberment while they are still alive. Just like babies in the womb. Mm -hmm. Switzerland also recently banned the boiling of lobsters based on new scientific evidence that they feel pain. Here, there is a strong evidence that unborn human beings, whose lives are much more valuable, also feel extreme pain by 20 weeks of pregnancy, if not sooner. Yet the U.S. allows elective abortions past this stage, and the restrictions on late-term abortions in the U.K. are loose. Tens of thousands of unborn babies are aborted at 20 weeks or later in these countries every year, yet there is no strong effort by celebrities to protect children. On Monday, the U.S. Senate failed to pass a bill to prohibit abortions on unborn babies after 20 weeks. Okay. So I didn't bring this up because of the abortion issue. I mean, you could insert any fish or, or any living thing and compare it to abortion. That's, you know... But I did think it was interesting because I felt visceral pain for that little lobster that was that went to his death. He's no longer with us. He was eaten by somebody and and all that. And I was just wondering, isn't there a nice way to kill a lobster? I mean, can you like hit him on the head, knock him out? You know, I mean, what do you do? You boil him? I mean, that's that's severe. I think I think that's severe. I, I think freezing them would be like you. They go. I don't know if that would be less severe or what, but I had a friend of mine who who actually left on my Facebook page. She said that she went down to Nashville, and she was so hungry that she picked the lobster from the tank and then put it in the boiling water, and then she felt so bad afterwards that she couldn't eat it because she felt bad for the lobster. So, and then, of course, the controversy on my Facebook page also erupted, talking about... Well, what about, you know, 
crabs? What about all other living things? Is it humane to cut off a turkey's head? I mean, you know, <laughs> and I was thinking about it too. I was thinking, hey, you know, how are we supposed to be, how are we supposed to eat meat, you know, if we don't murder, you know, the animals first? And then one smart alecky person. Meat so, is murder. Meat is murder. <laughs> and then one biblically astute person said, well, you can't forget the the bloody sacrifices in the Old Testament, how they slaughtered meat and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. So what's your point? What are we supposed to eat? Grass? LOL. Veganism is stupid. Well, I, I wouldn't say veganism is stupid. I would say that that's kind of how God originally created human beings was to, for us to eat plants, a plant-based diet. Yeah, it's challenging for sure. It is. It's challenging to get proper nutrition and kind of stuff but yeah yeah it was definitely the original design which is why many seventh day adventists are are vegan because of the original design in the garden of eden jack shep said i was vegan for three years doesn't work yeah actually i know a lot of unhealthy vegans sorry kiddo i don't eat chicken i eat grass triadic theophany you'll never be at an optimal state yeah we'll see well anyway so we're not here to debate that but i i will say what I did think was interesting was I asked a simple question. I, I asked if it was nice, if it was a nice thing to do to boil a living lobster. And I got 34 comments on that post. That's all. That's all. I just want to know if it was a nice thing to do, people. I mean, is it nice to eat cows? Do I boil them when they're alive? No, I don't. We shoot them first. No, I don't know how they kill a cow, but... I remember one time. I'm going off on a tangent. I remember they, they stun them and right. then and then uh, slice their throats. Basically, Ooh, yeah. Randall and I we were driving to Oklahoma. Was it last year? Or the year before? I can't remember. But but we were there. We got behind a a truck with with loaded with chickens, and they were packed in there. Man, their feathers were coming out the back, and they were like coming toward us. And I remember just thinking to myself, those poor chickens. They're like all cooped up in that cage. They're going 55 miles or whatever it was. They're headed to their death. <sighs> I felt sad for a minute. But then I thought, you know, I eat chicken a lot. So as long as I don't have to watch it get killed and stuff, I'm good with eating it. Yeah, I am. I like. I just had chicken, in, in fact. I remember as a kid, they cut a goat's head off. It was still running. Ooh. Well, thank you for sharing that. Ugh. All right, well, <clears throat> that story was for free. Had nothing to do with all of our other stories. All right, let's start with uh, let's start with the the story Bareface got from a listener here to our show over on thefederalist.com. Authorities to arrest a Canadian father if he refers to a trans child as her real sex. Now this is this is chilling, and th this is in Canada, which is the socialist country at this point, um, and they're very more liberal than we are, and they actually um, persecute Christians a little bit more than they do here in America. But don't worry, it's coming. So it says here, Clark will be subject to arrest if any police officer has reasonable grounds to believe that he's referred to his daughter as female, in public or private. 
Last Wednesday, the, Fred, the Federalist reported that the Supreme Court of British Columbia, Canada, declared a father guilty of family violence for his polite refusal to refer to his daughter as a boy in private and his repeated choice to affirm in media interviews that she is a girl. Polite refusal. That's violence. Yeah. Tantamount to um, yeah, murder or well, causing her to commit suicide, I'm sure. Okay, so here's the thing, though. But, you know, so they refer to it as violence. This is a tactic of an organization called Soul Force who endorses what they call nonviolent communication, okay? So here we have insanity at its height, I mean, really, because these organizations, which are bullies, they actually go in, they bully people, and they say, if you say something that we don't like, we consider that violent. Thus, this is the case here. Whether or not Soul Force got involved, I don't know. But this is like the only organization I know that does this. But anyway, it says here, at about the same time that story was published, the Supreme Court issued an additional, more heavy-handed protection order from the same ruling. The three-page document declares that the father, Clark, will henceforth be subject to arrest immediately and without warrant if any police officer has, quote, reasonable, unquote, grounds to believe that he has in any way referred to his daughter as a girl in public or in private. The new order further stipulated not only that Clark must not discuss his daughter's sex or gender identity in public, but also that he cannot share court documents describing his own gag order. On the one hand, this demand may seem ironic since it covers a publicly available court ruling. On the other hand, the injunction is so broad that it naturally includes the very document upon which it is written, and that document, with its threats of immediate arrest without warrant, has not, as of yet, been made available on the court's website. As previously reported, the B.C. Supreme Court ordered in February that 14-year-old Maxine received testosterone injections without parental consent. Accordingly, Maxine began regular injections at the B.C. Children's Hospital over the last two months. Her father, Clark, strongly objects to this treatment and immediately sought to reverse the decision in the B.C. Court of Appeal. These injections will completely disrupt her puberty, he lamented to the Federalist several weeks ago. Her bones will stop growing, her brain will stop developing, and she's not going to be a boy. She won't even have the bone strength left to be a girl anymore. Hoping to raise awareness... Clark answered multiple requests for interviews in which he shared his opinion that puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones were not right for his daughter. Like an increasing number of parents these days, Clark argued that his child had been misled and brainwashed by online activists and school administrators who began to treat Maxine as a transgender boy at school without informing her parents when she was only 12 years old. While Clark sought and received anonymity in these previous interviews in order to protect his daughter's identity, the court appears to have been deeply disturbed by the negative publicity and politically incorrect commentary surrounding its decisions. In a ruling last week, Justice Francesca Marzari convicted Clark of, quote, family violence, unquote, for his public denial of Maxine's gender identity. At the same time, Marzari also issued an order expunging from the court record the names of two doctors who had been actively involved in pushing a gender transition for Maxine. That's not important. <sighs> One of these doctors, Dr. Wallace Wong. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that name opens. 
Wallace Wong. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know it's not professional to laugh at somebody's name, but seriously, don't you guys think that last that name is funny? <laughs> I have all these names, all these jokes going through my head now. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, one of these doctors, Doctor Wallace, Wallace. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> Wally is wrong for sure. Oh gosh. Anyway, has recently come under fire for for potentially diagnosing as much as twenty percent of the children in his local orphanage system. With some form of gender dysphoria. What if that brings him any money? Uh, probably. While Mar Marzari presented his tamp tamping down of information as a matter of strict necessity, some argue that the BC Supreme Court is showing a lack of concern for freedom of speech and the open court principle. Carrie Simpson, the president of Canadian pro-family organization Culture... Guard complained that the BC court has become a star chamber using raw power to rewrite reality. Uh, this is extreme and dangerous, she said, arguing that the court was forcing Clark to embrace a delusion about his daughter's gender and her abuse at the hands of doctors or else be arrested. Clark's appeal of the court's original ruling regarding testosterone injections into his daughter is set to be heard on May 14th. And then it says here names are pseudonyms, just so you know, because, you know, they're fake. But, well, they're changed to protect the guilty. And you're right, protect the guilty exactly as the the court document says. You know, if if I were Clark, <coughs> yeah, I would quote, kidnap my own daughter, and flee the country, or just go on the lam, whatever. You would. Yeah, I mean, her future as adult is far more. Her, you know, her physical and psychological development are of far more value than the left making a political statement of of insanity, of fantasy. Yeah. Like well, I said, you know, with these, you know, with these treatments, these cross-sex hormones, she may not even have enough bone mass to be a girl. It'd never be a boy, let yeah. alone be a girl. You know, um, in Older women, later in life, like me, yeah, you know, get osteoporosis and stuff like that because of lack of estrogen, right? And there are these estrogen treatments and supplements to help with their bone density. Here is a teenage girl, a pubescent girl, fourteen years old, and and they're messing with that, and he's probably spot on that. This is it's physically harmful. It's violence to call her a girl, but it's perfectly okay to inject her with cross-sex hormones that will not only not only hinder her natural pubescent change, but uh, affect her, you know, physical maturity as as just a human being it's child abuse plain and simple it is that's why that's and, why i would i would yeah. i would take the girl and i would flee um go to another country or just you know get off the grid in canada whatever if it yeah if it means if it means living in uh you know 
whatever motels or you know if it so means, you, you would do what lisa miller did a i would thing. yeah i would that's that's far more important yeah than a than a comfortable life in suburb suburbia well and championing you know what's really gone though in the conversation and this is just my opinion you can agree or disagree i don't care i mean that's why we're we here if you want to disagree i'm i'm good with that i'm cool with that i'm i'm down with it um but I will never forget when I was in San Diego. If you're new to the show, I will explain. I will. I will share this story. If you're if you're if you're not new, you've already heard me say this. But many years ago, when I was in San Diego, California, as a therapist, because I have a background as a therapist, I was invited down to a SESCAL conference. I forgot what it stands for: Centers and Excellence in Education, or something. Anyway, anyway, the lesbian uh, psychologist who who put this conference on. Uh, invited us in. Anyway, I went in. Stuart Milk, who is the nephew of Harvey Milk, spoke at it. Chastity Bono, uh, as Chaz was speaking at it, uh, who I met, shook their hands. Didn't get pictures. I should have done that, darn it. Uh, I didn't, but I, did. I should have. I don't even know why I didn't think about it. Darn it, come to think of it. Anyway, there was a panel in there, and I was in there, and there was a panel. There was a panel at this conference, and it was ran by a, a transgender man. Uh, who had openly admitted that he transitioned his body, changed his body, had surgery to become a woman. And then he changed his mind many years later and he started to live again as a man. And then he got, he decided, no, I want to do it as a woman again. So he went back and forth, back and forth. And he had actually done this a couple of times. So anyway, he was leading this panel uh, on the problem that they were concerned about, which was, and he brought up a couple, uh, a husband and a wife with their child who they wanted to be able to transition as a, I think he was, I think she was, I think it was a girl and she was like 10 years old or something. And they wanted to start getting hormone treatment for that child. And they were complaining that they couldn't find enough medical doctors to do it. And the parents were lamenting the fact, well, this, you know, my child needs to do this and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the kid says nothing and people are asking questions and stuff. And I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to ask a certain question, which was, what about all of the child development, human development research done by Piaget and others that actually talk about human development? How are you going to explain that away? Um, how are you going to explain that away? And to my shock, as I sat there and I listened to this man actually, you know, promote this agenda right there at this conference, <clears throat> the guy said to me, it doesn't matter. You know, he said, come up to me afterwards and we could talk about it. So I did. I went up after and I said, how are you going to do this? I mean, you know, because there's decades of research talking about child development, how this all came about. And he said, it doesn't matter. We're just going to rewrite our own research and make it say what we want. That's what he told me. And they also, at that time, were talking about how the transgender movement was going to be the next thing that they were going to push after the homosexual lobby had already pre pressed their movement. So I'm like, oh, okay, so this is how it's going to go. Meanwhile, who gives a crap about the child except me who's sitting there fuming and trying not to blow my cover as a spy 
for the Traditional Values Coalition at the time. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, this was, it was, it was shocking because who, who cares about the kids? And see, that's the thing. Nobody actually talks about that, the ramifications. We've had Walt Heyer on our show uh, talking about his experience as, you know, transitioning to a female. And one of the things that he talked about was how the love of Christians and the love of Christ ultimately came into his life, changed his heart and got him back into the church after he had been raised and abused by his family as a child. And he talks about the comorbid disorders associated with being transgender, which are largely anxiety, depression, and in some cases, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, which, you know, is debatable depending on who you came from. But there's always these um, factors, outside factors that actually can influence this particular thing. And we already know that the transgender movement is under 1% of the population and the suicide rate for this population, even after they quote transition unquote, is off the charts. So how much more so a child whose brain hasn't fully developed yet, who, who don't have the critical thinking skills that they actually need in order to make a sane decision about their bodies and who they are. How much more so? But then here's the question. Who are the victims? You know, there's also parental victims, right? We don't want to talk about that, but this next article will. So this is over on the Christian Post. It's titled, I've lost two kids to the trans cult. I want them back. An anguished mom shares her journey. Now imagine if you had two children that decided that they we're going to transition. And meanwhile, apparently these, these kids in this article, it's a very long article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read part of it though. Um, but the gist of the article is she talks about, uh, her experience. Okay. Listen to this. It says here in, in December, a therapist told a tormented Lynn Meager that she should practice self-care, have a support network and go to the emergency room if she wanted to kill herself. The counselor then proceeded to make her feel guilty for supposedly being a judgmental person and essentially blamed her for her woes, to which I would say I need a new therapist. This harsh therapy session cost Meager $160. So that was not cheap therapy. The Christian Post connected with a Seattle area mom in January when she was in Washington, D.C. and followed up with a subsequent Skype interview. She is sharing her personal journey and experiences with the Christian Post because the public does not know what parents endure. The prevailing narrative coming out of the purportedly mainstream media outlets uncritically promotes gender transition and everything that comes with it, including parents who are celebrating their child's new identity as the opposite sex. This is her story. Crushed beyond belief, Meager went home and spent several days bedridden, nearly paralyzed with heartache. At the recommendation of a friend, she had gone in to see this particular counselor for help in processing her confusion and sadness after her 23-year-old daughter, Emily, not her real name, informed her that she no longer wanted to be in a relationship and asked that she not try to contact her. Emily believed she was transgender and had changed her name to Evan, began taking testosterone, and was going through life as though she was a man. Emily is the second of Meager's children to identify as transgender. In 2003, uh, Meager's son, Daniel, or Daniel rather, not his real name, who is now 36 and has legally changed his name to Daniela, 
came home on leave from the Navy at Christmas and announced he had always wanted to be a woman. Approximately two years later, he traveled to Thailand, had his genitals amputated, got breast implants, and had his Adam's apple shaved down, which is called a chondrolaryngoplasty. Say that, Randall? Chondrolaryngoplasty. Or... It's chondro, I'm thinking about it. it's chondro, you know, like, because it's chondritis, it's like the cartilage, chondro larynx, because it's shaving down the chondritin of the larynx, so chondro laryngoplasty, I guess I would call okay. it. Okay, all right. Anyway, this weird name, surgery. Daniel was ultimately kicked out of the military because it was said that he had a personality disorder Meager also has a third child, a daughter, Anna, not her real name, who is 22. Meager is using her real name in this article, not a pseudonym, as others with similar stories have done, because she feels she must be courageous given the current state of affairs. Because her children are not minors, she faces no potential legal repercussions as, she has, been the ha as has been the case in several jurisdictions around the country when parents refuse to go along with their children's self-determined gender identity and the accompanying therapies, medical practices, and surgical interventions. The reason I'm choosing to speak publicly is because I want people to be aware of the grief and loss that many parents experience. I have talked with many parents who describe their lives as a horror film. Watching your child struggle is one thing. Watching them reject their body insist they are now a different person, a different sex, demand hormone treatments, and a new identity is unbelievably difficult, Meager said in a February interview. Add to that the fact that it's nearly impossible to get help either for yourself or your child that's not transgender affirming and help your child to actually sort out their issues and parents are isolated, are isolated in this grief. So, and then there's a lot more to the article, but because of time, I don't want to read it all. But I do want to, I just wanted to bring this up because I want to tell you that this woman, the, the mother, identifies as a Christian, okay? And also that, you know, basically it goes on to talk about how the children, you know, more or less didn't want her in their lives anymore and blah, blah, etc. But it talks about, you know, how the mom literally spent five days in bed. She just couldn't get out of bed. She was so over distraught by what happened and, you know, completely impacted that person. Now, now think about it just for a, a, a minute, just, just step back for a second. And if you're a parent, especially step back. And what if all of a sudden, okay, well, let's think back to the beginning of when your child was born. You had a boy, you had a girl, all of a sudden, in your mind, you, you're dreaming of what your child's going to be, who they're going to become, right? You know, maybe it was a boy. Yay, you're happy. Your family name's going to carry on through the legacy of his children, right? And, you know, you can't wait to teach him how to hit a ball and play baseball or, you know, pickleball or something. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, yeah, or you have a girl and, and you love to bake and do girly stuff and you want her to be a ballerina and you hope that she does grow up one day to be a ballerina and, you know, dance, 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 you know, and, and do girly stuff, right? You know, teaching her how to put on her makeup and, 
you just have all these things, you know, as the father, you can't wait to walk your daughter down the aisle to her groom and, you know, see her get married on that day. And as a mom, you can't wait to, you know, hold your first grandbaby, right? So what I'm saying here is that basically you have dreams for your children, right? They, they're born, you nurture them, you begin to watch them grow up, they make their first step, etc. As the parent, you have these dreams, you have these visions. You know, let's face it, a lot of parents screw their kids up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the parent who really just wants the normal family, right? And let's say you did all that, and then just like this woman's kids, they grow up somehow, something happens, they both decide they want to change their gender, and then all of a sudden, they don't want anything to do with you. And granted, I'm going to admit, there we there's a lot we don't know. We don't know what the situation with this mom and her children are, for one. There could be a reason these kids have these feelings, and there could be a reason they don't want her anything to do with her, right? I mean, maybe she was the worst parent in the world, the biggest hypocrite on the planet. We don't know. But for the sake of argument, just imagine how that parent is and how re your child rejecting you and not only you, but the gender that God created them to be, how your dreams could be crushed and devastated, you know? And that's basically all this mom is trying to do. But it's like she's trying to, like, show you there's another side to the story. We always hear about the pain and the agony of the transgender individual or those struggling with their identity. But we never hear about the pain and the agony of the loved ones or the family. I have more than one audience member in my audience here. Some of you are watching live right now who understand what it's like to have your spouse marry you and then leave you for the other gender, right? But nobody talks about that, right? And I do have people in this audience who have transitioned, you know, and you've told me your story and I get it. But nobody wants to talk about that. So the whole the whole reason for that that article was to shed light on something that really the media don't want you to talk about. Because let's face it, there are big business in psychopharmacology, first of all. There's big business in the medical world and doing surgeries. In fact, if I'm recalling correctly, I believe the guy that did the first uh, transition surgery actually quit doing them after he started doing them because he knew it was not good. He didn't want to deal with it. So, you know, there's another, there's another side of the story, but the, the big spiritual overlay to the story, I think that also gets lost because you know what I think? I think that at the root of it all or the prevailing issue of it all with energy any gender confusion uh, especially with this transgender issue, is that it's really a attack. It's an attack on what God created to be male and female. God does not make mistakes. Some people think that God makes mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't lie. God cannot lie. And to say that you are born in a different body, that God made a mistake. That's basically saying God made a mistake. He put you in the wrong body. Yeah, he did. So I'm going to show him by mutilating my body and I'm going to alter it. And I'm going to, you know, still feel the same way ultimately because you can't alter your soul, people. You are not your body. And that 
is not taught, but you're not your body. You know how I know that? Because I know people that have bodies that don't fully function. And yet they are that person still. Joni Erickson, Johnny Erickson Tata is a perfect example of this, of that. You know, she was fully abled in her body until one day she had a diving accident and became a quadriplegic. Can't barely move her arms. You know, she's the same person on the inside. She went through a massive grief issue, but here, but, but when the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that tells you something. You're not your body. And so the enemy, the devil, comes to seek to kill, steal, and destroy. And God is not the author of confusion. So you have to ask yourself, where is that confusion coming from? Right? And I believe it comes from the devil. I do. I believe it comes from the demons, the devil, however, however you want to label it. That confusion comes in and attacks those people. So much so that they, they get under a delusion that causes them to believe a lie. And Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to set the captive free. He came he created us male and female. He doesn't make mistakes. It's true. And I'm going to be honest. I mean, when I was a young girl, I, when I was a girl, I'm not, not a girl now. I'm a woman. I'm an adult. But my mom told me most of my childhood, I wished you were never born. I wished I had another boy. I never wanted a daughter. You suck. You know, I mean, she'd use harsher language than that. But you know, she attacked my fe my femininity, my femaleness at every turn. Even so much so that she handed me over to my great uncle to molest me because she didn't love me and didn't want me as a girl. If you saw pictures of me when I was six, seven, eight years old, my hair is straight as a board, short. I looked like a boy. I looked like a boy. You know, and for a long time, I wanted to be a boy. That was it. I just wanted to be a boy because my mom didn't want a girl. She didn't love me as a girl, right? That's why you'll never see me with short hair, people. <laughs> I have not had short hair in decades. I mean, last time my hair was short was when my mother had it cut short behind my back when I was in high school, which was also traumatic for me. But, I mean, you take that you know, my story, which is minor in comparison to some of these people. And then you add the stress of culture and those in the church and other things. And you go, oh my gosh, yeah, I'll do everything, anything that I can to transition from what I don't want to be into something else that I really want to be because I'm so confused because I'm not accepted with who I am. But here is the thing I know. The Bible declares in Psalm 139 that God fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And the Bible says his works are wonderful. And David declared he knows that full well. You know what I mean? So here's what I know. God doesn't make mistakes. When he made you, he fearfully and wonderfully made you. He took approximately nine months to make you. You know, just saying, that's, that's not a short time to make something. And he did it. The Bible says he knit. Nobody can really see how he did it, but he does it. You know what I mean? 
But see, kids today, they don't know that. It's often they're not taught that, especially if they're raised in religious abusive homes or they're raised in abusive atheistic homes. They, they don't know that. They don't know what God's word says. And they're believing the lie that if people can come and they can change whoever they are because it's a mistake or whatever, then they, they are willingly going under the knife, getting surgery or getting these shots that are altering them and, and, and are going to mess them up forever. It's the same thing with abortion. You know, the culture has lied about, you know, the baby in the womb being a baby for many years. And then the women get the abortion thinking that they didn't kill a baby. That was a blob of tissue. And then they find out that they're sterile or in some cases, God forbid, they die. Because sometimes abortion kills the mom as well. So the author of Confusion, the devil, who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, I believe spiritually, is the one behind this issue. And I think that the reason why the church is so ineffective in battling the issue is because the church isn't in God's word, number one. The church is ignorant of the word of God. I actually had a pastor listening to this show here on Periscope a couple of years ago. No, it wasn't here. It wasn't Periscope. It was on Blab, who was sitting in a Blab I was doing. And this guy was a pastor and he's like, Oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. I never heard what you just said as far as, you know, God, God, you know, the devil attacking me as a human because I'm made in God's image. And I'm like, uh, you didn't read the first couple chapters of the Bible when you went to school? I mean, hello? <laughs> God, he made us male and female. He made us in his image. That's, we are the thing hated the most by the devil. The humans, us. We're the only creation made in God's image. That's why we're under such attack, right? I mean, that's the truth. The puppy dog, the lobster, no, they're not made in God's image. God made them, but, but God didn't give his seal of approval on them. Nope. Why would he want to do that, you know? <laughs> hey, Grover. Yeah, no, it just doesn't work. And in fact, I was kind of laughing the other day. I was looking at my dog, and I was laughing how God made animals with four legs you know, and necks so that we could take something around their neck and we could put it around there and, and walk them, you know. I mean, I suppose you can walk a human, but it, it's just not the same. You know, we're superior. We walk on two legs, not four. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, so that, you know, that's the reason I brought this up because I wanted you to think about um, the spiritual implications of what these stories are saying. If parents can't get help for their own depression and go to therapy because they they are under the system that says that you have you there's a gender, you know, they're trying to convince you that you're wrong and you can't have your own feelings, but you can only have feelings that your daughter or your son has, there's something wrong with that. Because what it's doing is it's oppressing the person that believes normally what normal really is right it's it's trying to silence in this case the 99 percent, as opposed to saying well wait a minute like the child said hey that guy over there he has no clothes on <laughs> everybody else like whatever no hey mom how come he's naked <laughs> the emperor has no clothes wait you know what i'm saying so i mean hello and I'm going to tell you something. I've said it before, and I'm convinced to the core of my bones that it's true. That 
as time progresses in Canada, England, here in America, uh, Christians are going to be challenged to either stand up and speak out and stand up for what God says in his word directly, or they're going to be marginalized and um, persecuted and probably imprisoned at some point. Because when you think about it, the Christian who really serves the Lord is serving Jesus and not the government and isn't going to bow to the government. Ask Christians in China or North Korea. Their future could be our future. And I'm not trying to be a fear monger, but I am a realist. And that's what I see on the, that's what I see on the horizon. So we better exercise our freedom while we have it. Meanwhile, I have to say, there is an article over here on uh, CBS17.com titled, Drag Performance Held at Church in Durham to Protest the UMC Leadership. Did you want to play the video or no? Uh, we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Well, I will just go ahead and read this. It says, people in Durham on Saturday found a unique way to oppose a decision by leaders of the United Methodist Church and support members of the Triangle's LGBT community. They packed the Calvary United Methodist Church for what was an event called Drag Me to Church. It brings such good and positive energy, which is really what we wanted this to be about, Calvary UMC Pastor Chris, somebody said. Agoranos? Yeah. For Agoranos, he's behind all members. I told them as my pastor that I love them and that I'm committed to them. By the way, this is a young guy. If you watch the video, you'll see he's a pretty young man. This is after leaders with the United Methodist Church decided to uphold the ban on same-sex marriage and ordaining LGBTQ clergy. Our voice of resistance to that is to be a space of celebration that holds space for everybody, that loves and affirms everybody. David Prater shares the same message as a member of Calvary UMC and while emceeing the family-friendly drag show and silent auction at the church Saturday. It seems like an oxymoron, family-friendly drag show. <laughs> I know. He and others are opposing the decision while supporting and raising money for the Durham Church's LGBTQ youth group inside Out 180. It's a church that helped save my life, Prater said. Calvary has loved me and supported me every moment that I've been here, finding that the United Methodist Church at the highest levels didn't share that same option, or opinion rather, was a bit mystifying for me because it doesn't seem to go along with the words in red that I read in the Bible. I wonder if he read the words in red in Revelation. Yeah, or in Matthew 18. Or... Anyway, Gus Savara is a member of the group Inside Out 180. I made a bunch of friends here, and it's really helped with my mental health. Absolutely. I think it's a good way to promote diversity, and it's also a form of peaceful protest in a way. Susan Gilpin, a member of Calvary UMC, decided to come to the event to support others. It's not about being apart from, it's being a part of, Gilpin said. Prater told CBS 17 they raised more than $5,000 at the event for Inside Out 180. He said they plan on making Drag Me to Church an annual event. Mm-hmm. You know what I actually thought when I read that? I thought, isn't it neat how the community has came and support that unbiblical practice and they raised five grand 
but Bible News Radio has thousands of viewers, and I have not raised five grand from my audience in 15 years of broadcasting. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, that's funny. I actually thought that. I thought, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you have a thought on that? I know our time's getting getting short here, but we got to also it, mention our sponsors. Yeah, too. It's, it's just tragic. Bottom line, it's tragic. I don't think there's such thing as family-friendly drag show because it doesn't support the family anyway. And this is what happens when the church becomes just a social club. It's it's no different than, well, it is different, but but modern church, no different than, you know, Kiwanis or Rotary, whatever, you know, community club we get together that has nothing to do with Christ and him crucified. Anyway, back to you. It's sad. It's very sad. You know, I had a guy in here a couple of days ago and he said to me, he said, you know, you Christians, all you do is, is support and promote homosexuality. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, if you watch my show, then you'll realize that I don't do that at all. I actually adhere to what the Bible says, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but it's so sad that he even thought that, right? Because it's so prevalent. Anyway, think about it. All right. So Camp Shoshana is coming up soon in July. Uh, and Ariel Ministries is the sponsor of camp. If you go to campshoshana.com, C-A-M-P-S-H-O-S-H-A-N-A-H.com. If you go there, then you can join and you can enjoy the program of Messianic Jewish Studies. Uh, that they actually do there at camp. It's, it's really a great thing. And they do have scholarships as well. So check that out if you're in, especially in your, if you're in the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York, you know, there are uh, a lot of stuff there. Also go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. Check out our resources page right there on the, the site. You can scroll through, see the different things that we offer. We still have a lot of these books and stuff. Uh, but the newest book, The Feasts and Fasts of Israel, is Dr. Arnold G. Fruchtenbaum's latest book, Almost 500 pages, hardback, and you can get your copy at the Ariel store by going to Ariel. Well, just click through the page there. You can do that. Save 20% when you use that coupon code Bible News. That is our coupon code. Hope that you save your 20% today. Go there after the show. Get your book. Learn something. Learn something biblical, not something Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer or others are going to teach you that don't have anything to do with really what the Bible talks about. Okay, so you can do that. Also, if you want to donate, become a pillar of our community, then you can donate to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. You know, in order to be a pillar, all all it takes is you to sign up to donate once a month. That actually helps Randall and I know how much money approximately that we have coming in every month so that that helps us pay our expenses. You know, we, we do have expenses like you all do. Right. I mean, we, we do. So, you know, we offer the interviews that we do on the show for free. We don't get paid by guests to come on the show. Uh, you know, we have overhead, electrical bills, computers, you know, et cetera. We, we have expenses. Um, so, you know, your donations help towards that. And if you're already a member, thank you for becoming a member. Also, we have Legal Shield, and I'm going to tell you something today. I will be calling them up soon. <laughs> Because I recently ordered a box from Ditterly, and I asked them 
I was trying to get them to not send me another box, and yet they sent it to me anyway, despite the fact that I contacted them and I, I was trying to get them to, to not do it. They sent it to me, and now they, they're charging me $60 for this box of food I did not want, that I told them I didn't want, and they're being buttheads about it. <laughs> so I may call Legal Shield up and say, hey, can you help me out here? Because this company just kind of like, and they told you it wasn't coming, right? I have an email stating that, no, my next order was on May 7th. So I have written the president and CEO because they did send me an email and they did tell me if I had any issues, contact the CEO. He wants to know. So I did write him a letter. I'll see what they say before I contact the lawyer. But the thing here is that I did feel confident because I have this membership with Legal Shield where, you know, stuff like this happens, I can call them up. And in this case, I have written documentation proving what I said. And I know the attorney will go ahead and say, yeah, let's write a letter on your behalf and get that charge refunded for you. And the worst part is I like the service and I told them so. And I told them I would be happy to continue the service if they would just reverse the charge. So we'll see how, we'll see what happens. But here's the thing, you know, Legal Shield isn't just about getting a will done, which is included in your mem membership. It really is about having confidence and power in the palm of your hand and having a place that you can go that can help you with stuff. You know, I, in fact, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday who I signed up a couple of months ago and they were talking about how one of their clients that they service has not paid them. And I messaged her. I said, hey, you have a Legal Shield membership. Go use your service. Let them know. Have them write a letter on your behalf as a debt collection. In fact, if you are a home business, which so many people are, all you got to do is have a Legal Shield membership, which is $25 a month, minus five cents. Get a home business supplement, which is $9.95 a month. So for about 35 bucks a month, you can protect your, your company and yourself with legal shield and you will you will get that money back i guarantee it if you use the service okay if you get your will done you've already got your money back a million times over well maybe not a million but you know a couple hundred anyway so yeah if you want to sign up go to bit.ly forward slash loj 2019 uh and of course we also have identity theft protection as well you can learn more about that is there as well so you can go there and last but not least, if you want to join my email list, you can go to my text message list. You can text Bible News to 33222. I was recently blessed with 20,000 extra messages, so that's cool. Anyway, you can join that text message list, and I'm super happy and excited to share with you. And I should have did it earlier, but my friend Dr. Jennifer Fee and me, we're going to have a webinar coming up on May 15th. We don't have the page set up yet for you to join, but we really definitely want to start promoting it, let you know. Put down May 15th at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, that's going to be our first webinar on, uh, on I, think, I think the title is Five Ways to Have a Peaceful Mind or something like that. Right, Jennifer? I don't know if you can hear me or not, but but if that's it, just confirm yes or no. Anyway, either way, we'll have more info for you later, um, and uh, and it'll be fun. Yeah, it will. It'll be because me and Jennifer have fun together. So, yeah. Do we have anything else, Bareface? Um, not that we have time for. Not that there we was have the Boy Scouts article, but yeah. 
All right, here's the thing. If you're not a member of my Daily Disciples Facebook group, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tweet out a link to that. Then you can go ahead and join it. And this is where I post all the show stories that we talk about inside that group. And so you can go there and you can click through, just scroll through and, and see and leave comments on that. Uh, and if you do that, that would be super cool. Also, if you have a story or anything you want me to know about, then feel free to let me know by tweeting it to me or you know, sending it to me on Facebook or wherever you, you follow me. All right. We are on social media at Bible News Radio everywhere. All right. So that's it, people. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. We'll see you tomorrow for our Bible study.